I would advise people, anybody who is starting like an online program, before the thought of clinicals even comes up with your program, you just start asking people. Mm-hmm. Start texting your friends who are NPs, start yeah. talking to people, oh, like, would your pediatrician that you love, you know, for your kids, or would they take a student, yeah. you know? And just like you said, start tapping into your network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Part two. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is gonna be a juicy episode. Okay, so no need to reintroduce Natalie. You guys already know her. Um, but today, this particular episode, I actually feel like is probably one of the most valuable ones I have put out to date, just for the fact that it really goes into a lot of dynamics. We're going to be talking about nursing burnout, transitioning into new nursing roles, tangible NP grad school recommendations and resources. We're going to be talking about balancing nurse expectations. We have a really honest, open dialogue here about the many paths nurses can take. This is really the modern day nursing perspective. We really go into a lot about the NP dynamics and we just get real on this one, you guys. So sit back, relax, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. After being working in our ICU setting, some burnout, Mm -hmm. and we're just going to get real here because we want to give you guys all the juicy stuff. Let's talk about some burnout and then your transition into, because I know I have had a lot of questions specifically about grad school Mm -hmm. and you know, the reasons I went back and just sort of like, and I think you and I have such a similar um, feel about this and I want to get your perspective on it. So let's talk about it. Being a picky nurse for X amount of years and then moving into your role. Yes, 100%. So burnout. I don't know if I knew what burnout was when I was, when I was experiencing it. You know, I think at the beginning I was so gung-ho and I was so positive I was trying to do everything in the unit. I wanted to do this and I wanted to train Mm -hmm. the new grads and I wanted to be the spirit team director and And all the things, you know, and I wanted this and take on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And pick up the extra shifts because we're short and work those 16 hour shifts and, you know, overtime, come in early, stay late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, it's great because you're learning and you're young you know, and there's a little sleeping. element of that is kind of like, it's hard because it's kind of, that's the element of you're earning your stripes. And I do believe in that. I actually believe in that. I'm very firm about you got to earn yourself in medical because, you know, until you've been in the code, until you understand it, until you've had a drug, until you've been in these situations, I get it. But there's a balance. Mm-hmm. And I think I've actually had like a history of doing this in my life where I go 1000% mm-hmm. in Same. and then I just hit a wall you know and you like hit that wall and then you're like crap now I like can't do anything because I've put all of myself into this and I'm doing what what I noticed was I was doing work outside of work which I think is okay sometimes but like because we are like a clock in clock out type of um, profession when you're doing work at home you're just taking away from the you know exercise that you could be doing and the time that you're spending with family and friends Refueling and fueling yourself right and yeah. and the way that our hospital set up and maybe other hospitals are set up differently but you have to do all these like activities in order to climb the clinical ladder yeah, and to get your raise and to get your raise yeah. and so then you end up doing 
a lot of work sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying to not do it. I just think I maybe like I have went a, a little bit overboard with it. Well, I have a very strong opinion about this that I haven't really, I've touched on it a little bit, but I feel like sometimes the magnet, every hospital is going for magnet, magnet, magnet. And for those mm. of you that are listening, magnet hospitals were designed back in the 80s to help improve um, satisfaction with nurses at the bedside. It was like, a, basically it's a way for hospitals to say like, we're magnet and our nurses are amazing and they're fabulous. And they have all the things. And part of that is, you know, your nurses are bachelor's repaired. Your nurses are all certified. Your nurses are participating in evidence-based practice. Your nurses are doing, ex- I mean, it's like, there. it's more and more and more. And I literally feel like that expectation is burning nurses out. Yes, 100%. And we're not, we're kind of getting paid for it because we're doing those extra things. And then you get that little like a one dollar two dollar an hour salary bump which can help but it's like oh my god at what cost you know yeah i mean okay and the reality is we're in the business of humans we're in the business of healing and that is such an energy exchange that we don't talk about at all in healthcare and i feel like it's starting to come out a little bit right now but truly i will tell you like when you are trying to heal someone and you're working so closely with these families and you like feel for them and you're doing all these things and you're trying to be the best provider you possibly can and earn your stripes and all these things it is it can be very wearing Mm -hmm. and then at the same time you're like responding to emails at work you're Mm -hmm. doing um modules on work time you know you're doing which takes away from patient care by the way you're charting up a storm you are you know filling in whatever you need to on your whiteboard because that's kind of what the i don't know that's like what they want you to do these days um and so there's all these like little things that kind of i think bog us down as nurses we're not able to just it's not like Florence Nightingale where we're able to just care for the patients now we have this like electronic charting yeah it's not her nursing isn't what it was like even 20 or 30 years ago it's it's very different I feel like the expectations are just they're up 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 which is great and it should be but at the same time like there's this balance and you can and I think it's a really really important to acknowledge Mm -hmm. the burnout in your own self or to see it or to or to understand it yeah, yeah. So you don't get to that point. Right. And I think I needed a little bit of travel nursing, a little bit of something to like look forward to um, and to work towards. So that's why I decided to go back to grad school. And that's why I decided to do travel nursing. Not because I didn't love the PICU and the and the people that I worked with in the PICU because yeah, I absolutely the adore them and it was hard to leave. Yeah. But it was one of those things where if you notice yourself like going to work, just like – um. I don't know, kind of like going through the motions. And then at home, I wasn't very nice to Eric and I wasn't nice to my roommates that I was living with. And I kind of just needed a little change of pace, you know? And, And maybe if I had like kind of gone into it a little bit slower and just did one thing at a time and didn't try to be this like crazy type A overachiever that I always am, um, maybe I wouldn't have... um, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have like burnt out, but I'm glad for the things that I did and the experiences that I had when I took myself out of that um, environment and I got to go other places. I now I'm back at that hospital and I'm like happier than ever because I've kind of worked through a few things and I've gotten to, I don't know, like 
finding your outlet <sighs> and like take, breathe. take a breath and yeah. figure out what you really want. So let's talk about your decision to go back to grad school. And before we preface this, I really do actually want to say this. There are so many nurses out there that love their jobs. And so mm-hmm. this isn't like me, us saying you need to go back to grad school. That's not at all what we're saying. I just love highlighting the amount of amazing things that are out there and the reasons why people choose to do what they do. And I think we have these conversations to open up the dialogue. Um, So it's not a push for grad school by any means. It's just everyone has a different story and a different journey. And I think it's important to highlight. So let's talk about it. What was your decision? Like, let's go into the deets. Yeah. So the deets on this. So we kind of touched on this earlier, a little bit burnt out. Um, Working holidays and weekends and 12-hour shifts is absolutely amazing sometimes you know yeah you get those 12-hour shifts done and then you have four days off you can travel you can chill by the pool you can go to brunch on a tuesday with your friends (laughs) and you know sit in a pool with the floaty which i did all of the time um but i think one thing that i started to realize that started to bear down on me once um you know eric and i started to get a little bit more serious talk about having a family Um, I was like, oh, do I do, do I want to do this every year where I have to say, Eric, should I miss Thanksgiving or should I miss Christmas this year? Mm-hmm. Or shoot, I have to like go through this whole process of switching my shift because I'm working on this Saturday that this person's bridal party, right. you know, happens to fall on. And so um, even though I think at the beginning of everything, when I first got out of nursing school, I was like, I will never work a nine to five job like you can, you know, <laughs> and now I totally am like, oh, there is something to be said for yeah. a routine, um, not missing holidays and week, you know, yeah. things that are happening on the weekend. So that was kind of one thing. Um, my second, my second point is kind of an unpopular opinion, but I actually really love school. And I know you are so opposite. We are like yin and yang on this. Yeah, we are. That's our, it's where we differ. I am a nerd. I love And that. I love school. But that's like a lot of, I mean, first of all, many medical are. I mean, that's the reality. It's like, I, I wish I was more like that. Let's be honest. I wish I was more of a student. So. Right, right. I love, I love, yeah. I love the lectures. I love the studying. I love the tests. Like, whatever you can come at me and think no, that I'm, I'm like a horrible really person cool. but I love that dy- I love that dynamic and I wish I mean okay let's put it this way I I love 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 I love the learning I love yes. learning I love this new pace I, or like new diagnosis getting to the path of phys. I'm so engaged in that how medications work what to give one you know like that's I love that I I hate the test yeah i hate the test i hate the assignments that's where i i really just like oh yeah and i i mean honestly i think i'm just really lucky because i enjoy it and i'm good at it you know Mm -hmm. and there's some people who are really good at tests and really good at school and there's some people who are not you know and both make great nps and both make great nurses you know it's not about grades but i'm just one of those people who was Oh, Shout out like to all the people who love school. school. Right. Sam is like that. She came out. She's, yeah. I feel like Sam really likes school. She's the one. She's the yes, transport the nurse that came on you guys. Um, she really, she's good at it yeah. too. Yeah. And I'm you know. Not, I'm just not, but that's okay. That's There's fine. a lot out there that are. Yes. Yeah. Thank and God. I, yeah. And so I really liked it. I thought that I was going to go straight from nursing into getting my NP because I had no idea like that you need it. You really do need experience before you go back yeah, to school. Let's talk so, about that dynamic really quick. Okay. Yeah. So we're going straight into you guys the grad school concepts here. So yeah. um 
the newest, it used to be, there used to be a dynamic in healthcare where you could choose to be a nurse practitioner and a PA right away. And I think that was maybe 10 years, maybe even like less than 10 years ago where you could do that. Now, I would say majority of the programs, most programs I know about there, the nurse practitioner ones, you have to work at least two years in a field that's related to somewhat similar to um, what you're going to as a specialty. Right, because a lot of nurse practitioner programs, actually all of them, they are population-based. So you'll notice that there's pediatric nurse practitioners, there's family, there's neonatal, you know, whereas... CRNA, midwife. Right, right. They're very population-specific. And they're getting even more specific. It used to be, I think, there was not, you know, there's a handful. There was women's um, NP, there was family, there was this, but now you're getting even more into, okay, we have pediatric NP, but you also have an acute care pediatric NP. Mm -hmm. So it's becoming even more specialized, which is why I think it is really important, as you said, to get your base. Yes. In nursing. Oh, yes. Doesn't matter what setting, but just at least come in and understand the nursing model. Mm -hmm. Understand the dynamics. Start understanding healing, like holistic care, how we're thinking of things. Um, That's really important. Right. And a lot of people ask me, like, well, why didn't you just be a PA? Like, why did you choose NP? But just like logistically, when you look at the certain classes that you have to take and the route to take to get to those, my my nursing degree does not really fit on that track to get a PA you know PA is medical model right and so and right so nursing and all of my classes set me up to be in this like nursing model so we have a holistic um, kind of point of view that you touched on earlier where we treat our idea is that we treat the whole patient we look at not just them but their environment and their job and everything around them and um, the medical model which is tried and true and also great is more um, disease-based so it's like what is the disease Mm -hmm. let's treat the disease Mm -hmm. Um, and PA is actually even though afterwards you can specialize Mm -hmm. i i was described pas and maybe this is totally wrong i was described pas as um they are like stem cells so once they graduate they're like a stem cell and whatever they want to go do afterwards they evolve into whatever physician they are working with yeah so it's actually interesting you bring that up because I actually think that when you become a nurse, it's a very similar concept, right? So nursing mm-hmm. is very general. When you become a nurse, when you sit for your boards, doesn't matter where, you sit for your boards and you become a nurse and then you gravitate somewhere and you pick your specialty. In NP world, you have to go in knowing that is a specialty you're going into. Mm-hmm. You have to pick it because, and I, this is why I was very strategic with the way I chose mine and as you were as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because we understand our bases and what our goal is like, what it, you basically have to know with your, when you're obtaining your nurse practitioner license, you have to know what is your goal mm-hmm. or at least have some idea of like where you want to go with it. Everyone's journey is different and there are all so many different jobs out there. So, you know, let's just put that out there. But I also feel like that's kind of a big concept difference between PA and P mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, um, so I chose pediatric NP primary care coming from the PICU world, which I get a lot of like, huh? You know, and you chose <laughs> yeah. FNP Family. from the mm-hmm. NICU world. And right. a lot of people are going, excuse huh? me, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so I think totally. that this is the perfect time for us to talk so about it. you chose, explain why, why yeah. did you? So 
Coming from the PICU, I think we kind of already know that those are the sickest kids in the hospital. I started to realize, one, that I um, I want to try to keep these kids out of the hospital. A lot of what we were seeing, like drownings, asthma, exacerbation, trauma, yeah. that you know, vaccine-related things like measles and tuberculosis, those are all preventable outpatient. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I was like, heck yeah, I like that. I love the education. I love the idea of digging the well before you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. And that I think with, especially with children, you can do so much preventative care. And I am like all for preventative care. Our US health system is so reactive. Oh, you have high blood pressure? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's give you this medication because mm-hmm. you're already mm-hmm. you know, overweight and you have high blood pressure and you eat bad and you don't wanna work out because you have bad knees or, yeah. you know, all it's of a this stuff. Effect. Everybody yeah. knows you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. where our, where the US sits and like our health and yeah, diet and news. all that stuff. Right. Um, so if I can go all the way back to the beginning and teach these kids and these families healthy foundations, healthy things to to help them grow and be the best adults they can be with with the you know outcome that they're not going to be using our healthcare system the way that maybe some people do now, you know. Mm. So it's if they're healthy and and I teach them that early and we teach healthy nutrition and what proper servings look like and exercise Mm -hmm. and all of that um then we prevent the hypertension the obesity and then this one like obviously we have healthier people coming around we maybe have happier people and um that's really what i wanted that's why i went into primary care i wanted to keep those kids out of the hospital i wanted to interact more with healthier kids i think too because i love kids but seeing them sick is not always the same as seeing them you know when they're thriving and i really wanted that relationship that i didn't always get when i was in the picu yeah how we talked about the before where it's like you kind of like you come in and then as soon as you're getting healthy you leave I would love to see, you know, from that newborn visit, the second day or like that first day when you're visiting them in the hospital, the baby is born all the way until they're leaving you because they're going to high school or excuse me, they're going to college or something and you've just watched them thrive. You know, I think that's, I think that's super cool. And then my, to answer the big question that I know everybody wants to know. (laughs) Drum roll, please. Drum roll. (laughs) um, Why I chose family nurse practitioner over neonatal nurse practitioner. So um, when you're looking, as we spoke to the dynamics, when you're speaking about neonatal nurse practitioner, um, so you're pretty much signing up for acute care inpatient um, exclusively. So... That's not to say I actually spoke with, I brought on um, Karen Rapport, who she works in a level four NICU. And she actually, one of her girlfriends who is an in, in NNP reached out and did say she works outpatient. Hmm. Um, she does actually, you can do that with your NNP. But after a certain amount of months that you cannot care for anything over a sound, it's out of your scope, essentially. Mm. You start, your scope of practice is very narrow. Um, you're also signing up for, you know, as, as an NMP, you're going to be intubating, you're, you're going to be putting in central lines, you're going to be the resource, you're going to be everything. And for a while, I really thought that that's where I wanted to go. I did think that that was a very serious way, but honestly, my true, when I go down to it, I just currently right now have just a hospital burnout. Mm. I just feel this 
true, it's not a patient thing because I love my patients and I genuinely love going into work and working with my families and my patients and I love that. It's just this hospital burnout. I just, the grind of it and doing it every day and, you know, after seven, now eight years of working in the hospital setting, I just am genuinely ready for a new setting, I think. So, that being said, I had to really think about what is my intention? What is what is my end goal? And my goal at this point, I, like you, started seeing some very similar things, but more in the women-based area um, as well as pediatric. So women being, you know, seeing some of the trends that are going on within the maternal aspect of women don't know or not prepared mentally if something goes wrong in their pregnancy. How to set themselves up for things to go well because things don't always go well or perfectly. And I just feel this real need and draw to support women in a different way, women and or babies. And I would like to do that outpatient. I would like you, I feel this real draw to be a preventative care provider. However, I couldn't choose between women's health, which is specifically just for women and or pediatrics. I couldn't decide. I'm like, I I wish there was a, an, an NNP program out there where you could combine women and children, mm-hmm. but there isn't. Right. So I went family, family. And, you know, I don't know exactly where it's going to lead quite yet, but I do know my intention is to be outpatient primary care in a setting and or maybe even hospitalist, I don't know, setting. I'm, I'm kind of toying with some ideas, mm-hmm. but I want the opportunities and I want to do it before we have kids. I want to get through the majority of my schooling before we have children. Yes. It's a lot of very strategy. Like I'm strategizing my education. I'm strategizing what my goals are. I'm strategizing the patient population that I kind of want to serve. I was looking for jobs online and just kind of trying to figure out like, okay, like are they hiring these, you know, women's versus family? versus, you know, so doing a lot of research. And I think those are all really important aspects when you're talking about going back to grad school. I know so many nurses, so many, uh, (laughs) actually three personally, three nurses who all started grad school and then either quit grad school or decided a whole different um, route like towards the end of their program because they figured out it wasn't what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something to be said for just really understanding what you want out of it. I like my freedom. I like to be able to choose. I love patient care. I like the idea of being a resource. I like the idea of helping people in a very genuine way. And you having that graduate degree is really, to me, the next step of what how I wanted to advance my career. Um, and I feel very ready for that. I'm, I'm now 31. I do wish that I had gone back probably like when you did. Mm, I wish I had gone back. Yes. Years old. Yeah. Well, I guess I was like, yeah, 27. I wish I had done that. And I had the advice of two girlfriends who actually saw this in me a couple years ago. They were like, Tori, you should go back now, meaning th- probably about three years ago now. Yeah. So they were like, you should go back and just just get the degree go and just do it. And I wasn't ready. I was like gun shy on it. I was like, I'm not ready. I don't know. And, you oh, know, and, sure. I, and to be honest, I really didn't know. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, shit, if I had done uh, that, I would have already been done. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, for sure. And I wouldn't have because I, I didn't recognize my burnout early enough. Yeah, yeah. 
I know. Well, and, and I think something else too to be said to that is not just um, burnout, but kind of when you're saying like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I kind of hear that like uncertainty that I identify with where when I started applying to grad school, I'm like, oh gosh, there are so many other nurses who have been a nurse longer than me, who I see as maybe better nurses or more experienced. Like, why aren't they going back to grad school? Am I not good enough to go back to grad school? Like, am I not smart yeah. enough? I'm, do I not have enough experience? Yeah. And so I think like, I don't know about you, but like those questions went through my head. Yeah. Like, is this is this okay? Like, will people trust me? And by the time I got into the program, what I kind of forgot was that I'm still a nurse as I'm going to school. Like a lot of these programs are geared so that you can go to school and you work at the same time, which we both are doing or did in my case. And now I have, you know, six, almost six years of experience as a nurse. And so, and now I'm done with, um, with school. But that being said, I'm so proud of you for going back to school. Yeah. Well, we you had... were the person that really actually pushed me. There's a couple oh. other nurses. There's two oh. other nurses on my unit that they we I should have been in their program with them. But mm. anyway, you know, this other thing too is like there's just so many things out there. I mean, when you're talking about nursing and like the healthcare sector is just it's expanding astronomically Mm -hmm. you know I mean we're going in so many different places there's so many different new things coming out and I think it's really cool and I also think getting back to basics Mm -hmm. is really important yeah and being a true like being a medical professional and to say hey like I know that, you know, McDonald's every now and then is fine, but let's talk about like how to affect your, how it affects your hormones, how it affects this. And we're kind of, we have that like young energy that even though we don't have experience, we can kind of like reinvigorate like a practice or just come in just like ready to learn and like ready to go. Yeah. I can actually totally see you just in this like outpatient setting where now, like we were talking about, so many of these NICU babies are surviving. I know. And now they're, you know, we kind of try to get them out of the hospital, like, as yeah. soon as possible, you yeah. know. Transition. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, boom, 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 bye. Yeah. Follow up with your primary care, and you have this appointment, whatever. Totally. You could, like, serve such a good role mm. in an outpatient setting that is just like, those are my peeps. Like, yeah, let yeah. me tell them, and like, really what are. to expect, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, this is how they're going to wean your oxygen. This yes. is how they're going to wean your lasix. Yeah, like, and I will oh, say, we don't explain a lot of that. We don't explain right. so many things. Right. We were learning about that in school, and I totally thought of you because we were just talking about these, like, NICU grad babies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, we have to take care of these babies. Yeah. And so it's just nice to have that experience now from being in the NICU to know that like, okay, yeah, these are the med, they might come home on Lasix and they might come home on mm-hmm. oxygen, oxygen and just mm-hmm. all of those, do that. you know, But then I things. like get to, okay, this is where a lot, where we go wrong in medical. A lot of times is like, for example, I like to tell parents, I'm like, okay, your baby's going to go home on oxygen. Can you do me a favor and picture your life? Like, okay, car seat, how are you going to do it? What right. are you going to do when you get home? What do you, what happens when you need to go to, tar- to Target? Right. What happens when you need to go, you know what I mean? Like you literally, I, I, like that's to me where like I love talking about the full picture. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's get to, or hey, like, do you know where to refill your prescriptions? Do you know the number for this in case something happens? Do yeah. you know, like, like these are where, I mean, especially being a nurse for so long, you just know to ask these questions because you're like, I know this is this what is you're going to ask happen. me. Right. Yeah. And I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, things, things get really lost in translation in healthcare, period. Yes, this is the I problem. Know. We have we 
get so many things lost in translation. People don't understand their medication regimens. They don't understand the purpose. They don't, they say the white pill. Well, why are you taking the white pill? I don't know. Right. Well, and you know what's so crazy to me that I didn't really realize until I went to outside of the hospital is when you're in the hospital, it's like, oh, okay, here's your patient, pull them up. Oh yeah, it looks like you went to the, you were in the emergency room and then you went to a specialty care clinic because you're a part of this network and I can see this and I can see that. I can yeah. see everything. I can see all the notes. And then all of a sudden you're outpatient and maybe you're not connected to that network. And the patient's like, oh yeah, well, I went to urgent care two weeks ago. Like, don't right. you know? And you're like, no, no I, I don't. don't. It's not connected, you yeah. know? And I think... Like, unless you're, like, with Kaiser, you know, where it's all connected and you can kind of see everything, um, families just don't know that, you know? No, they don't know. And the medical field, we are so behind on the times, you know, just with stuff like that. Like, there are places that are still using paper charting that still are not on that network. And then, to top it all off, everybody uses, like, a different charting system and a different system to, like, keep everybody's medical records in. So, we're, like, we're all over the place. You're fishing for anything. Yeah, I mean... Being a patient is is exhausting and like trying to figure all that out. So it's kind of nice for us that we have, I don't know, we just have a little bit more experience in not only like dynamic hospital, but like healthcare yeah. system. You yeah, know? I agree. Like I do think it gives you a full picture of of the beast. Healthcare is a beast, you guys. Like it's it's a huge thing, you know, and it starts with, and I think it's important to get your foundation and your unit and to be overwhelmed in a moment and to become a really good nurse initially and then an expert nurse and then and then you need to get the full picture and then you need to start figuring out how to make it even better and I think that's our obligation like that's our obligation to healthcare is to make everything continue to be better I get really frustrated by stagnant thinking I get really Mm -hmm. frustrated when someone's not willing to try something new when you know there's new things coming out and someone says well I don't need that certification because this is how we do it I'm like no actually, this is probably going to teach you something X, Y, and Z. Um, You know, here's a new med. Let's try that. Maybe it's better than what we're doing now. You know, things that we're doing now are going to be so different from 20 years down the line. And I think the idea of, you know, for me moving into this space of being the resource and leading in that area is really exciting. Mm -hmm. I want to be there. That's where I want to be. My target audience is most likely going to be either women and or pediatrics I don't know which we're gonna find out and we're gonna see but that's my ultimate goal and I'm really passionate about it and I think you know now more than ever we need more providers with an open mind mm-hmm. to try new things to get more progressive to get up with the times kind of like what you're saying I just I really I love modern day healthcare thinking and I also love a really old school approach with you know, utilizing our Eastern Western medication Mm -hmm. or, you know, medical thought approach being holistic. And I think it's really important. And so that's the space I really want to go into. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. But I'm excited too. And anyway, yes. Oh, well, what I was going to say is the nice thing about nursing and one of the things that I love the most about it, let's say you finish all of this and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't like being an NP. Like, I don't like this yeah. role. Cool. You go back to bedside yeah. or you can become a clinical instructor yeah, or yeah, edu- ex- there's like educated, yeah. so mm-hmm. many things yes. that you can do. Because you have your master's, MSN. Yeah. Once you get that MSN, I mean, regardless, both you and I, you'll have your MSN on my MSN. You're going to be a PME and I'll be an FNP. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a great point. You know, if you mm-hmm. hate it. And I do 
do know nurses who have gone back, who have who have practiced and become an, a nurse practitioner and did that for a couple of years and you get your and you do it and then you hate it and then you go back. Oh well, there you go. You did it. And then right. it makes you appreciate your setting of wherever you go even more. You know what I mean? So I think that's where I like I just really support every kind of journey because I mean, if, if that person hadn't gone back and gotten the degree and she hadn't practiced in that area and done that, there's so many things that she probably wouldn't have learned and oh, then bringing sure. it to that setting back. You know, I mean, there's just like a lot of perspective to this that I think mm-hmm. we just don't value enough. Um, yes. Yeah, 100%. And everyone, like you were saying, everyone has their own journeys. I had people in my class. So we had like a small cohort, maybe like 13, 14 people that were doing the pediatric um, NP program. And we had somebody who had been a nurse. I think she said she was a nurse for like over 30 years. Like, you know, she had all of this nursing experience. And then she's like, this is terrifying for me. Like, I don't even know what a Google Doc is, you know? (laughs) And like, um, just... But she did it and yeah. she was is awesome. She's going to be great, you know? And then we also had people who, um, one, just had her baby. She's yeah. like, you know, pumping during class. And we had somebody else who whose um, wife just had a baby and he had like a newborn. And anybody can do it and anybody can yeah. figure it out. Is it probably more ideal for me that I didn't have responsibilities and a mortgage and, right. you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, it was. Totally. And, but that was like you were saying, it was intentional. So that was a just big get question. It done. Yeah, no, you I know? agree with that. I get this question a lot from um, new grads coming up of how much time or how much experience do you think you need mm. um, to be either NNP or FMP or whatever. So my general rule of thumb is I do think just minimum two years. I think that's just like a base, like just nursing mm-hmm. two years. But, I, you know, to that degree, I also think if it's something you know you want to do, like just go for it. And I, I just I'm a supporter of like, you know, just do your journey mm-hmm. and um you know, right. and make sure the, the program is a good program yes. that you're not just going to like fumble your way through and you're going to feel yes. like, okay, what yeah. did I just learn? Yeah. I do know nurses that have done that. They're like, this is what I've wanted to do, you know, and they do it. And by the time you're done, because most programs are like two to three years long, you've just tacked on that experience because you've been working mm-hmm. and, and that's great, you yes. know, and I think that's super cool. Do I think it's a good idea to go from school straight into NP? Hell no. no. I'm so sorry. Some people have asked me about this and I feel so bad. Just kind of like, I don't don't mean to crush your dreams. No. And maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But like, I uh, think most nurses out there who are working in, if you're working, I I agree with that. I don't know. I think you need to get your experience. Because NP school, it builds off of the fact that you know what you're doing and you know like for PNP, when I'm by myself and I walk into a clinic and I see a, a six-month-old who has RSV, you know, yeah. or who whatever, they come in because they have a cold. Like, I don't even know what they have well, at that point. Talk- can I look at them and say, are yeah. you sick? Do you yeah. need to go to the ED or can I treat you in here? You well, know, you okay, let's also that. talk like, about dynamics because I think this is really important to bring up. So when you're talking, like, like for example, nurse practitioner versus PA, right? Mm-hmm. PA school is a full, it's a full-time gig I'm pretty sure for three years. Mm-hmm. PAs, okay. like you are working in the, like you cannot work. Like their, their whole thing is school, right? Like that's it. Right. Our foundation is very different. And so I think when you're talking in PAs, I think the expectation of clinical hours is 
ridiculous. It's a lot. I, I can't even speak to the amount of hours it is, but I know the dynamic of, lear of learning as a PA and then your expectation working is, is very different. When you're talking nursing, our education level is a bachelor's and or an ADN. Mm -hmm. And then you're working in the... So what I'm getting at is it's a shorter amount of education time, but you need to get those clinical hours. You need to get the foundation before you really go back for that upper level degree. Yeah. Whereas PAs, they're putting that time in. Right. And so is medical. They're putting right. the time in. They're putting the education in. They're putting that in. Like either way, you're going to have to put time in. Right. So my right. point is, is like you just really need to get that foundation. As you said, like you need to understand dynamics. You need to understand populations, medications, like how things work. I think it's really important to get that. And I think any nurse nowadays, you know, there's so many ways to go, but you just really need to have that. Right. Before you. Oh, 100 percent. You know. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. other thing I was going to say is if you do decide. So let's say like you're. This is to my, because I know I've had this question so many times, NNP. So if you know you want to be an NNP, right? And you're not a NICU nurse yet. And you, okay. So I think a really important dynamic to also address on this is if you are going to go NNP route and or specialty CRNA or whatever, you really need to be careful about the school you choose. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to go back right away or you're going to go back, right, let's say you're two years in and you're like, I know I want to do it. Just be very aware of the school you're choosing because it does affect your clinicals. It affects your dynamics. It affects everything, which we're going to go into right now mm. about classroom versus online. Mine's obviously online. Yours is classroom. classroom. Okay. Yeah. So if I was uh, um, to advise a NICU nurse who's two years in, should they go to my school? I don't think that that would necessarily be the best idea, especially if you're in California going to school in Texas. Mm. Why? Because it's a totally different dynamic than a classroom setting. I think you just have to be very strategic about the grad school you choose. I chose mine very purposely. Mm -hmm. Same um, here. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to like know yourself yes, to know what you know yourself, school that your you skill level, in. yeah, what your school provides. Mm -hmm. um, all very different dynamics. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you okay. chose um, PNP, yes. and you chose your school. Let's go into that. And okay. So one of the reasons that I chose to go into a classroom setting was because I just know myself and that's how I learn best. I yeah. have never been diagnosed with ADHD, but I swear when we oh were God, learning I'm about silly. ADHD, I was like, oh, yep, 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 yep. I need structure and I need regimen and I basically need to be out of my home environment where I can just grab my phone, you know, go on the internet. I don't think I had Instagram when I was in nursing school. Like the yeah. the dynamic is just so different, yeah. you know? So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I really need to be in a classroom. The other reason, two other reasons that I chose it was in our area, so many of the PNPs who or FNPs who work at our hospital came from this program. Mm. The director yeah. of the program, I'm going to give her a shout out because she's amazing. Her name's Dr. Natalie Sheffer. She's the director of our PNP program. Love her. Everyone knows her. Everyone I knows know her. who she is yeah. and that she prepares the PNPs that come into this program like nobody's business. Right. And so all of those NPs who have graduated, when they meet you and you're like in clinical, they're like, oh, is Dr. Sheffer still there? And you're like, mm -hmm. yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's really hard, but you're going to be a good NP. Like you're going to be prepared. Right. So it kind of had that like, okay, I know if I go here, it's going to be hard, but right. it'll be good. Right. And it was nearby, so I was like, okay, this is what I want. It was a state school, so mm -hmm. um, 
I think like 4500 a semester was kind of yeah the cost is a big thing the cost, cost was a, a huge one. thing yeah. um and then most importantly like i would put a giant star asterisk like i'm doing one in the air right now um they provided clinical sites yeah that's a big one it is like such yeah. a big deal yeah. and as you know i had no idea that the clinical site thing was like that big of a deal that's but a it deal. is freaking cutthroat like yeah. i've heard of people in other online programs that cannot for the life of them, find somebody to precept them. Yeah, we're going to see how that goes. So I, a flip side, um, so mine is an online program. In my program, I will say, I feel you on the ADD thing. I'm 100% ADD. I mean, people know right. this. I'm just, I know. I'm, and I know people don't like us to use like, oh, I'm ADD I know, or loosely, whatever. But I, it's not politically correct, but everyone whatever. knows what we mean. You know what I mean. Yes. You know what I mean. <laughs> and, um, okay, so the way I do it and the way I thought of it, first of all, was um, to let everyone know as a base your grades start expiring after you graduate. Yes. And I was seven years out of school and a lot of programs already were going to expect me to go back for statistics and patho. No and thanks. so I knew, I was like, oh my God, like literally the ones that I wanted to go to, I was like, I, I can't, I, I literally physically can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to me, going back for more school was just even more like I just, whatever. So, um, that ixnayed a lot of schools for me automatically because I was like, any school that I was going to have to go back for, that I was going to have to um, do extra classes for, done. The other part for me is I just have so much going on right now that honestly going into school every week just wasn't going to fit my lifestyle. And there's a lot of nurses and there's a lot of people out there. You have kids, you have this dynamic, maybe it just doesn't work for you, right? I will say something that I have to do every single, I have to sit myself down and I treat it like how people do. Like for example, Natalie, right? I knew she was going to school on Mondays, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., right? Or whatever, whatever the semester was. So I basically treat it like that. So every Monday I block off that as a school day. I don't work. I purposely make my schedule so to mimic people who are in those classroom settings. That's super smart. And, you know, cost was a big factor as well. Mm -hmm. Length of the program was a big factor. I was referred to my program by a girlfriend who, uh, she was a nurse, a a NICU nurse. She was actually from Texas. Mm. And she had done the UTA program. And what is UTA? Um, so she was like, hey, like I'm an FNP. She's an FNP now okay. working in California and she had highly recommended it. So, and they're accredited. So I was really picky and very specific about the program because I wanted to make sure it was a good program. It was credible. I've heard, I know a lot of people from the South do this program as well. It's just, as far as an online program, it has really great reviews. So I Yeah, decided, for sure. If you're getting a master's degree from an online program, yeah. you don't want some like- no you know, crappy school that it, like... Yeah, ooh. well, the other thing too is, okay, so my skill levels can be very different. I do have a girlfriend who, she is a NICU nurse. Um, Taylor came on and we talked a little bit about this. Um, the reason I feel like for her being in this program for NNP and doing it like long distance essentially works is because she's been a NICU nurse for so long. Mm. So she has done and seen and worked with intubations and 
doing um, all of these skills and I know that she's going to work with someone that is going to teach her the, that skill level really well. But you, she can't rely on the school, basically. She's not going to be doing skill hours with them for that particular thing. Her skill level is just different, but she's been a nurse that long. She has a lot of really great resources. That's another thing I want to touch on for my purposes of doing um, the master's program is I have a really great network. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer you're a nurse the stronger your network becomes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at the point in my career where I could ask someone, like as far as following them and shadowing, I could kind of tap into my, I'm planning on tapping into my network, my people. And, you know, here's the thing. Am I going to get rejected from, we're going to find out how this goes. I don't have the perfect answer. I don't know how it's going to go yet as far as finding my clinical sites. Right, we'll see. (laughs) We're going to see how it goes. But I like the idea of targeting places that I know I'm going to want to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to do my own research and I'm going to have to do all that, but I've already started doing that. I've already started looking around what's available in my area. What are some places that have good reviews that I would think I would maybe reach out to them and say, you know, would you feel comfortable? I have girlfriends in programs that I know take students. So there's a lot of that dynamic. And I think those are really important to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people really like the idea of the model where pe- where schools choose. I think there's an up and a down to it. Like, what if you hate your clinical site? 100%. I had some people in my program that absolutely hated their clinical location. And I just got so lucky. And I had the right. best pediatricians that I was training with. And I did pick my the nurse practitioner that I trained with for my specialty rotations. But I got so, so lucky with my primary care. I learned so much, but I do know that there was people that didn't. So on the second semester, they were like, okay, you know, I'm done with this. Let me pick my own person, you know, so that can happen. That is, it it is kind of a crapshoot and you either get lucky or you don't. But I would advise people, anybody who is starting like an online program, before the thought of clinicals even comes up with your program, you just start asking people, Mm -hmm. start texting your friends who are NPs, start talking to people, oh, like, would your pediatrician that you love, you know, for your kids, Mm -hmm. would they take a student, you know, and just like you said, start tapping into your network and asking. And then remember that sometimes the contracts between a school and like a private clinic or a hospital, that can take a while to kind of get going. And the process can take um, kind of a long time. So just get it done early so you're not stressing going, oh my God, I can't get my clinical hours done. You know, you're already stressed enough. So what are for you some, do you feel like are some cons to um, going to school in person? Yes. Okay. One would be just like the commute there and back and like having to bring kind of my life with me. So the first semester I had school one day a week. I did have an option to do it too, like if I wanted to, but I was like, no, I kind of wanted to just block out, um, do it one day a week. And I had to bring, you know, my lunch with me. I had to bring all of my stuff in my backpack. (laughs) But you know, you're on campus, like 20 seven years old and you have these like 18 year old kids like running all around you know it's kind of just like a weird sometimes can be a weird dynamic but um i think that would probably be one of the biggest cons is just like the 30 minute commute there and then sitting in class and then having to like bring all of my stuff yeah you know but other than that i have like 
basically pros, you know, to yeah. all of that. So for my con, I would say def- the one of the biggest dynamics that I didn't really anticipate was sort of like not having that student interaction or not having like I don't have like friends that are with me in it you know like that's a big dynamic and I do think that that's a big part of nursing school where like regardless of what route you're in it's nice to have someone to lean on you just Mm -hmm. don't really have that dynamic um I would say also the fact that um some schools are a little different in the in the way that they're set up my mine is very much self-paced so Mm. I just have to be very disciplined and it's hard for me I'm gonna be honest about that like sitting down on a Monday and Tuesday and being like these are my school days it's like I'm yeah, so like, sh- I'd rather hang out with Jacob. Yeah. Like, I'd rather go hang out with my friends. You'd oh. be very disciplined. Yeah. You'd be really disciplined. And I'm in the hardest class that I'm, uh, pharmacology, I- I'm in that right now. And it's so, it's so much material to go through. And you don't really have that person to, I mean, I can, ta- you know, email mm-hmm. my professor a question, but I don't have that access all the time. And yeah. so it's a big thing to consider, you know, like, that's a real part of this program is like, you are very, you have to be very self-sufficient yes I know and I honestly like shout out to my classmates because I don't think I could have gotten through my program without them yeah you know and we kind of had a bad deck of cards dealt to us because our program changed a lot um, and then we had a pandemic so we really leaned on each other and we got close but that's actually a super good point like my friend and I would split the study guide and I'd be like, okay, you do the first half, I do the second half of the study guide and then you have it, you know? Or like when we were studying for our final exam, everybody's like sharing resources. And even now we have this network of, a group of people who are going to go on and be NPs. And yeah. if we want to leave our job in the future, I can just go text my friends and right. be like, hey, who's hiring, you know? Yeah. Or right now we're just commiserating. Like, I don't have any purpose right now because I'm done with school or, yeah. you know? So yeah. it is, if you know that you kind of thrive off of that and you don't have a lot of like self-motivation, yeah. I do think that maybe leaning towards some type of in-person program um, or maybe just like, you know, one of your coworkers wants to do an online program and you're like, oh, let's do, let's just do this one together, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, some other cons that I just thought of while you were saying that is of in-person programs is some people don't live near, you know, universities. Yeah. So their commute would have been much longer. Maybe the universities near them are completely impacted and they can't get into those. Yes. Maybe the universities like mine, you have to take summer breaks and winter breaks and they don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I know my classes, I had to take every semester 12 units, which was three to four classes. And from what it sounds like with yours, you kind of take a chunk yeah. of class at a time. Yeah, so That's mine cool. is rolling year round. Okay, not not every FNP program is like this, but the way it works is it's year round. I have I do one class at a time, which I do like, mm-hmm. um, and I have a week off in between each class, and then I have a five week um, winter break, but that essentially means you're going year round nonstop. Like for my other, for Taylor, who's in the NNP program, which is the same school, she is doing three classes at a time, more traditional with a summer off. So Mm. I do kind of, there's definitely pros and cons to that as well. Like it's just, I'm not, I'm technically we're on summer and I'm, 
in school yeah you know like I still have to do everything and you know so and the other thing too is my classes are very it it, they're fast paced yeah that's what it seems like like I had a whole 13 weeks to learn yeah pharmacology and you have how many weeks I have technically this is a 10 week but But it's hard when you're not in person you you have to teach yourself yeah it is. It's very, very, it's a lot. So does your professor, so like, you know, everyone knows the way that in-person classes work. You like yeah. show up to yeah, a yeah. class, yeah. they lecture you, they ask questions, you know, yeah. all that stuff. How does it work with your online class? Like you have a video of a lecture yeah. or? Okay, yeah. So that's a good point. So, um, okay, the way that it works is pretty much majority of it is you have something due on Wednesday and then things due on Friday or Saturday. That's just a standard in the program, right? So it's self-paced. Every Thing is self-paced. I don't have to sit down and do necessarily like a Zoom, um, mm, you know, that's PowerPoint. Nice at like a certain time. So everything, ha- you know, there's a PowerPoint with a um, a videoed, basically audio of the actual PowerPoint. So um, you go through it self-paced and you listen and you write notes and, you know, you can print out your lectures and things like that. Um, This particular class, the professor, she will come on and she'll answer questions in a Zoom if you want to. She'll also post the Zoom so that way we can watch it Mm -hmm. later. So if you can't make it, you can listen or watch. I do have access to my, a coach who can help me through and answer questions um, that I may have. But it's not immediate, you know, it's not like you're in a, a lecture and I can ask that question right away. Yeah. Um, I will say something that's kind of interesting is I'm definitely a lot more engaged at work when I'm talking to my doctors and my NPs and PAs. Like, if I have a question about something, I will genuinely go and ask at work sometimes. Like, I'll be like, hey, like, can you explain this to me really quick? Because yeah. I just want to understand it. Um, I also you're do You're so use... good at that, but not everyone is. Yeah. Know? And well, that's a big dynamic. I think, like, I'm really changing my mindset when I'm at work and being like, okay, if I was a provider outpatient and I was taking care or like admitting this person, like we just had a baby the other day who came in, Billy was sky high, all, you know, bruising. And, you know, turns out this baby has a a disease process. And I'm like, that would be me possibly, Mm -hmm. you know, detecting that. And so you just kind of change your mindset. And then, you know, you go in and you look at the note and you see what the provider wrote and you kind of like you're changing and shifting and really like getting engaged with that mindset, I think is really important. And mm-hmm. the other thing, I mean, for me is for study tactics, because I did get this question for study tactics, how do you study? Yeah. So um, I obviously, you know, I listen to lectures, watch lectures. I really try and go through round one and like listen to it, understand the like the general concepts and then I go a step further and then I will usually go through and pick out the topics that I really don't understand that much. I use a lot of picmonic is like, it's my thing. I love mm-hmm. picmonic. Pick the, the, it's my visual audio, um, you know, and then also recall practice help with yeah. testing. Like I genuinely. Especially for farm and patho, you got to like yes. make the flashcards, write it down yeah. and like, yeah, flashcards. go through it. I do have flashcards as well. Um yeah, so those are kind of some ways that I really, and then I go back and then I will do usually a round two of listening to mm-hmm. the lecture again and just try and go through it. So, um, and I do try, it's like very self-paced, you know, I still work yeah. two days a week. A lot of us work on, most of us 
Most of us work through grad school. Yeah. As a nurse. Mm-hmm. You can't do that necessarily Unless you're PA, like, but... unless you have like a sugar daddy who's yeah. like paying your way through. Which <laughs> or a parent we don't. who's yeah. like, here, we'll pay. Like, no. Right. That's right. Not. And I think it's, it's still happening. good to work through grad school. I think so too. It gives me something else to do. But yeah. Um, so study tips. I get that question a lot as well. So um, online is a little bit different than in person. Yeah. So um, once you're out of the classroom and you can't hear the lecture anymore, you're yeah. kind of like, oh crap, I have to depend on my notes that I took in class. So I used to write my notes when I was in nursing school because I didn't bring my laptop. But now it's like everything is, you know, downloaded off the, um, you know, you download your PowerPoint and then they go through the PowerPoint together. So for study tips, so um, in when I do in-person lectures or yeah. when I, you know, I'm in class, I, um, with permission, yeah. I record the lecture so that while I'm taking notes, I don't get too like bogged down with like, the exact thing that they're saying so that I can go back and listen. Yeah. Another thing is sometimes I just get bored of sitting, you know, on my couch or at my desk or wherever I was studying. And so the recorded lectures I take with me and I go on a walk or like I yeah. go to the oh, gym. Oh, that's another thing I was going to say. Yes. I'll I, listen to my I lectures on the way into work sometimes. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like thrived listening to my lectures like while I was at the gym. Just yeah, feeling it makes like you I can think multitask. about it while you're not. Yeah. And you, yeah, it's like you, engage you think of it in, in a new way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It kind of just helped get me off the couch and get my brain working in a different way. So I did yeah. that. I would print my um, PowerPoints and I'm a huge like highlighter. I would rewrite the notes. I'm a huge like if there's going to be something that I need to remember, um, like um, an increase in lymphocytes means that it's a viral infection on your WBC. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, LV. You know, the L goes with lymphocytes, yeah, the like V goes with viral, LV, Louis Vuitton. There we go. That's how I remember it. You know, like just little things like that. I need the things that help, yeah. Yeah, I am all about like the little acronym things. There's stuff all over the internet, like remembering Kawasaki, you know, like yeah, crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I love that stuff, which I think Picmonic. Um, Picmonic's a great I they one. Have some free, like I feel like they had some free ones on For- YouTube because they had a developmental one that I... Watched. They they have a lot of resources. Yeah. Um. The other one I was gonna say that I've been using that I love Khan Academy. That okay? Yeah. Khan that Academy. one's good. Khan Academy yes. is really good. Whoever Osmosis. does Khan Academy is so great. Yeah. Like, oh my god! Shout out! Shout, Shout out. out to Khan Academy for getting me through. You yeah. Know, Khan Academy. Um. Picmonic. Um. Oh, and for farm, I love Hippocrates. Oh yeah. Oh okay. My god. Okay. So a lot of people do you have use the Hippocrates Lexicon. app. Yes. But okay, so I do pay for it now. But mm. okay, so Lexicomp has one. Hippocrates. The other one is up to date. But up to date, I, I, you have to get approved for it. I haven't gotten approved. I don't know. It's you like have to pay. Thing. And I heard up to date's ex- very expensive. expensive. Yeah. So Hippocrates is a little expensive too. But I really like the setup of the app. The app is like you go into it and it's got some pictures with some things. It's got some um, like I'm, I'm obsessed with it. So this is my new thing, like acute sinusitis. And then you go into the treatment options. There's, um, you know, exam history, tests, differential diagnosis, follow up prevention, complications. Like so nice. it's it goes really in depth. There's a lot of yeah. great things on there. Um, speaking of apps, um, Medscape is another really good oh, yeah, one, Medscape. too. Okay. So I had me- I used Medscape when I was in clinicals. Oh. That's a really good one for clinicals. And um, what other one? one you used? Uh, what Any is others? that one? Yeah, I have a ton, actually. Um, Medscape, I loved because it's free. PD, PD Quick Calc. 
is really oh. good for peds. It's yeah. like good for drug calculations and then just looking up meds and what their doses are. Yeah, that they Apocrates have, has that as well too. Yeah. So that's a good one. I, like um, I thought it was free, but you actually do have to um, pay $5 now, I guess. Well, but it's so worth it. I was going to say, it, Absolutely to me, it. sometimes these apps are... And, and what I liked about my program too is they're very open about the fact that they're like, they want you to be realistic. So like we started um, my first week in farm, we were writing pretend prescriptions like right away. Yes. You know, and they're like, here, use these apps. They, they encourage you to use the apps, which I'm like, thank you. Like this is this is real oh, life. Yeah. Like, everyone's using them now and this is like real life med. Like this is how we're doing it. So um, you know, 100%. that's something that I do like about my, they're realistic in a lot of things. We do that too. And, and, or we did do that too, I guess in our program. And one thing that I do like is, um, just kind of that switch to being a provider from a nurse. Like we aren't allowed to have our phones. Like you're like, if you're a nurse, like bedside on your phone, mm-hmm. I don't, like you a can no-no. get, Big it's no-no. a huge no, no. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, when you're a provider, that's what you have. It's in your mm-hmm. pocket and you just kind of pull it out and you yeah. can, there's so many resources on it. There's your calculator and there's your apps and all of that stuff. So the world is on your phone. Yeah, it is. It's you really nice. have to find the right resources, but yes, they're there. And yeah, they're yeah. I know they do right. encourage it. I'm going to put a bunch it's of good. like um, great NP resources. I have them I'll right now on my Instagram, this. on my link tree. Okay. Um, I have a ton of NP resources. I have a ton of PICU resources. Um, and then, you know, when I do launch my blog, I'm going to have just like a whole section for like, here's your resources for studying and here's your resources for like specifically NP and clinicals and things like that. Because I have, you know, all of these apps, like you're saying, yeah, you kind of just have to learn like word of mouth or someone tells you about it or whatever. I know. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Yeah. We need to, we need all these resources and these tips. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, and, um, up to date, like some programs or like some med schools will give their students access to up to date, but if you try to pay for it on your own, it's like over a grand. It's a lot. Um, some hospitals, when you start working there or places that you work will pay Mm -hmm. and up to date is like, you basically just like type in maybe your symptoms or you type in a diagnosis and then it just gives you like okay here's what you do and it really breaks it down for you but it's expensive and Mm so I didn't want to lean on that too heavily in case I wasn't able to use that when I yeah it's important to have that like base a good really really good base yeah yeah for sure so so we talked about study tips yes okay we talked about why we chose online and and, um in person right what other bring it down um, you know, cost is another bu- a big mm. one. And the other thing, too, is, like, it's a balance, I would say, like, of timing of when you go back or, like, maybe family planning. I mean, mm. I would – I feel like maybe for us, like, I want to have w- – obviously, we want to have kids. Yeah. But I wanted to get through the majority of school before I embark on that. So, you know, it's sort of, like, timing. You kind of have to think – you definitely have to think about that. I mean – if you know, I want to have kids. I don't want to be. I want to be engaged with with them when they're home. So there's a lot of factors of why and when and you know what route and things like that. And so I think it's you know it's a balance of getting your getting your feet wet as a nurse, thinking about what you want. And if you're happy where you are, great, do that. Um, yeah. If you want to move on, yeah. then you know you seriously. 
Yeah. Love that. And find a good mentor who can really like guide you in a way and encourage you or just kind of be real with you too. I yes. feel like that's like such a huge thing. Like you yeah. were talking about that before. You know, being smart about where you're going or just maybe kind of doing some uh, quite a bit of research, talk to people, mm-hmm. do, your, do your referencing. Or, Even like you know. reach out to programs and ask them like, yeah. do you provide clinical sites? Like, what do yeah. you do for this? What do you do for that? I mean, we both probably get so many direct messages yes. on Instagram, which is great. It's yeah, so yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love answering that. And we mm-hmm. love, you know, meeting people and doing all that. But um, there is something to be said for kind of just reaching out to those programs or going on yeah. their websites. Yes. Does it take a lot of time? Yes. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. But, you know, start this early. Like, yeah. you know. Talk to people. I mean, I now, especially yeah. in clinical care, full of people, I feel like I am now getting more access to more NPs, to more PAs. I'm yeah. just sort of asking about their journey, like how they did it. Do they like it? You know, just, it's just been kind of fun in that way to really, mm-hmm. you know, my. I think both of us have talked about this network. I mean, here I am. I made so many decisions, like with the encouragement of talking to you, that's networking, literally, like I am such a big believer in, you know, asking and getting out of getting out of your comfort zone a little bit, if, if that's what you need, if you're at that place, um, I'm a big supporter of that, like, mm-hmm. complacency is a killer, like, I just, I don't think I don't tolerate it in my own life. And I don't think anyone should, I think if you are at a place where you feel need to get challenged in a new way, do it, like it's life is too short. You know, and mm-hmm. even let's say you make a mistake and go back, who cares? Like you did it and you tried and, you know, it didn't work out. Who, great. Yeah. You learned something. Yeah. And don't let the negative Nancy's get you down because yes. I don't know how many people, I mean, coming from PICU and then going into PNP, I get so many people like, oh, I I heard there's not any PNP jobs. Like it's I like can't. they're they're like projecting yeah. their, I don't know, like I insecurity know. of not doing that onto you. Yeah. And they like want a reason. They want you to be like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, when yeah. I graduate, there's going to be no jobs. Like you are correct. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, I, I'm a huge, I agree with you. And it's funny because it's like, have you even done the research to look? Like, right. do you even know, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I, I can't let the, na- right. don't let right. the negative Nancy's get to you. Yeah. I agree 100% on that one. Yeah. Well, and PNP and FNP, like so many people are trying to decide, especially when you're coming from pediatrics, like people are like, well, I'll be more marketable if I'm an FNP, you know, and I can still work with peds. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. 100%. And and I decided the, the PNP, the pediatric NP route was for me and not the FNP because I will never work with adults. Yeah. And so even if it's I great. could be more marketable and those jobs are out there, I don't want them. Yeah. Like you take them. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I want the I want the jobs with um just kids, you know, and so that was and just every, what worked and, well for me. You know what? You know? And that's the thing is like there's gonna be a position out there for you somewhere. There you know what I mean? It's like when you put your intention to something it's going to work out. 100%. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I, you just, if you, if that's what you want and that's a space you want to get into and you, there's going to be something there for you. Yeah. Well, 100%. And P.S., if anybody's listening in the Southern California area and you are hiring a pediatric <laughs> nurse practitioner, I just graduated. Shout out. <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> Some people say I'm pretty great. Yeah. You're amazing. No. Well, you had a job. This is all pre-COVID, by the way. You had a job. Right. I know. know. 
honestly I feel like like you said it's the network and yeah. those jobs maybe peds is is suffering right now those yeah jobs everybody back, is we're all you know? I mean that's real talk COVID is actually yeah. slowing down everybody in so many different ways right I know but it, you know it's it's been kind of a blessing for me because I was so you know pedal to the metal constant for two years straight and we yeah. can get into this because I know you want to go micro like you love to say micro into this yes so let's go micro on yes please if i had to sum up my style i would say it's simple sleek with a statement i really value quality and looking sharp and yes of course that includes the hospital setting let me tell you about my latest favorite scrub picks so no secrets here of course this is a barco gray's anatomy line this is their signature shades collection holy smokes new level so this is a modern fit with a really nicely tailored look my top three color picks i would say of course black wine and a really pretty gray almost concrete color called shadow shade stunning so each of these has a really nice collar it's sort of a v going into your collarbone really really nicely tailored then the front has two nice pockets there's one pocket down on the side where you can put all of your pens or if you have a pen light and things like that your scissors whatnot so this is by far one of my most favorite lines right now of course you guys know i also love the edge line very sleek no secret here i am a look good feel good kind of girl and i feel like a million bucks when i walk into that hospital every day so i'm a proud partner with barco uniforms barco uniforms has been in business for 91 years thank you very much barco for your paid partnership and allowing me to help produce this show if you guys are interested in heading over to check out a pair for yourself, head over to www.barcouniforms.com and find a retailer near you. All right, you guys, let's get back to the show. So at least for my program, the first year was completely um, just didactic. So by that, I just mean it was just lecture. Okay. No clinicals, any of that. I did, I want to say like 10 hour days just because of the... Um, space in between classes so i would go to like my patho class and then i would go to cultural diversity mm -hmm. and then i would have like a three or four hour break in between mm -hmm. and so my friend and i um who works at our hospital as well she and i were in the program we met on the first day mm -hmm. she was like oh do you you know do you work here i don't mm -hmm. and i was like yeah yeah and uh -huh. she's like okay let's be carpool buddies and friends and so that was super fun yeah. but we would just drive home and like take a nap or cook lunch or something in between classes yeah. and then we would come back and we would finish our day out um those the first year i worked sunday monday so i was in the critical care float pool i was per diem so my um shift requirement was six days a month mm -hmm. um but i would put myself on for extra shifts because at the time like you could just kind of pick up whatever yeah um so i worked every sunday monday which was the beautiful thing about being per diem they yeah. can't change my schedule mm -hmm. i would have tuesdays off go to school wednesdays and then i would have thursdays and fridays off um, sometimes I would pick up extra shifts on like that Friday, you know, or Saturday or whatever. Right. Um, some people don't like that because they have to work every Sunday of the month. But to me, finding a routine was absolutely life changing. Yeah. Um, and as nurses, we don't always get that. We're like, oh, yeah. I just work. I work Monday, Tuesday, Friday. And then the next week I work Thursday, Friday, you know, and yeah. I have to do my weekend requirement and this and that. Right. And for the first time, because I had talked to my 
manager and I kind of told her what's up I'm like hey I'm just gonna put myself on the schedule every Sunday Monday you know is that cool and she was like sure like your schedule doesn't get changed because you're per diem so I did that on my days off on Tuesday um well Sunday Monday when I work honestly I don't know about you but like I get nothing else done yeah you know like unless I had like an easy day with like a feeder grower or something and I could kind of review things but I use that day to like plan my week out I just feel like for me at work I just never I some people I think night shifters can do it and I also shout out to all the night shifters who were in school I'm like I so tough I don't know how they do it yeah no I switched to days when I came back from travel nursing because night shift I'm a monster you know Eric called it night shift Natalie because she was like (laughs) get out yeah Um, I would be so loop loopy and slightly crazy but But um, people do it yeah people do it but we I would agree with you I feel like I it's I can't do it at work I I don't focus yeah and I can't really like work out after work or anything either so you know, eating healthy, having a healthy lifestyle, working out, I knew that those would be important for when I got back in school. So the summer before, actually, yeah. I made it a huge priority in my life to just get my butt in the gym, get a gym routine, get a good eating routine. Um, I follow Katie Yovin, who's like a friend of a friend, who's now this like amazing um, Instagram um fitness person and she has like good um eight week challenges so i just Mm -hmm. buy those do it with my girlfriends we have like a little group chat where we all motivate each other to like go to the gym and eat healthy and we share healthy recipes and stuff and so because i had that regimen and also somebody kind of telling me what to do so i didn't have to use that extra you know brain power to be like okay well what am i going to do at the gym it's like it's already listed out for me so i thrive with stuff like that Um, And so once I realized that, I ended up getting, um, I ended up buying this like meal prep app off um, somebody that I like found off Instagram Mm. and she like will make your meal preps for you um, and you can kind of choose like what you want to eat and stuff and then it'll give you a grocery recipe. And so for me, I was like, I think it was like five or six dollars a month or something like that to do it. And I was like, that's great. Like, I just need somebody to tell me like, this is what you need to do because I'm trying to transition to get back into school. Yeah. Because it is kind of a shock. Like, once you go back to school, it's not like nursing school. It's not like undergrad. For sure. It's different. I feel like it's easier in a lot of ways. And then it's harder in some ways because it's like getting back into that mentality is really hard. Mm -hmm. My tips, um, I would agree. I feel like having a workout schedule is huge. I am getting back into working out. I feel like I took a little breather a minute because I was just burnt out on everything. But Mm -hmm. it feels really good. Um, I've been doing a lot when gyms open back up yeah exactly (laughs) I've been doing a lot of body weight stuff like I follow Sarah's day I also follow there's a couple different influencers um that I follow that do a lot of body weight nice great hit workouts so I've been doing a lot of those yeah um and then Jacob and I will go through stints of ordering meal prep um we order from territory I'm not affiliated with them, but I love them. They do, they're like the flavors on the foods are really good. It is a local based like LA and Orange County um, service. But, you know, I do use hacks. Like we get mm-hmm. someone, I, I can't do everything. And I think that's part of what like, yes, you know, so it's like, 
I do, we do have someone come in every other week and, and clean, clean the house. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I don't have time. Yeah. You know, I, there's certain things that I've put in my life to help kind of make it a little easier. I have a little bit of structure in my schedule. I know Mondays and Tuesdays are my school days, you know, or, and then I have, you know, an extra day for studying at bare minimum. Yeah. Um, so it's just finding those things, I think, that really help your life. I mean, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. that are, have kids and, you know, they're in grad school and there's a lot of different there's so many different walks of life that are in NP programs. So you can do it. It doesn't matter who you are. You can do it. You just have to make it yeah. work. Right. And you might have to like outsource, like you were saying, some of those menial tasks that you're like, I just actually don't have time. Yeah, I One don't. My... I don't have to. I physically yeah. don't have time Same. to do that. So Same. I'm like, well, okay, I have to pay someone to do it. All right. Right. Fine. right. So my last semester, so my last year when I was in um, grad school, it was clinicals and um, lectures on top of like the papers that you need to do and the homework and all of that stuff. So once you add in three days of clinical, two days of school, and a day of wait, I lost count. Three days. <laughs> You're like how many days of like I been out for know. school for too long. Three days of clinical, yeah. Two days of work, okay, and one day of school. That leaves you one day off a week yeah. to like try to catch up on everything. It just was not manageable for me. So yeah. I went back down to the six days. Like I didn't pick up any extra shifts yeah, that's unless yeah. you know. The nice thing about nursing is I could be like, hey, you want? Can I cover half of your shift or yes, whatever? Totally. Um. So I did the six days. I, again, made sure that I had a routine. So I ended up working every um, every other Friday and then every Saturday, which nice. sacrificed. But eh. um, clinicals, Monday, Tuesday, school Wednesday, um, which went from like 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Brutal. I would take Thursdays off. And then I would either have clinical on Friday or I would work. Yeah. Um, so the nice thing about clinicals is that if you're doing outpatient, they're eight-hour shifts. Yeah. It's which different. is also the it's kind Amazing. of not the great part because then you have to do more days to get like more hours. Right. You know, like instead right. of just doing one day and get 12 hours. But once you're done with your eight-hour shift, you're like, oh, it's 3 p.m. Yeah, like so I can weird. go run to Target. I can't, you know. know. It's such a different um, shift. Yeah. I get, it's so I mean, light you know, out. Because I commute to, to our work and I don't I get home at night till like 8.30. Driving usually. here, I was like, oh, my God, Tori. No wonder Tori <laughs> comes in like... <laughs> Five minutes no. every day. Sorry, charge nurses. I love you. Oh my god. No, I do the same thing. Like honestly, I am not a morning person uh, at all. Yeah. And it's, I, I just well, I'm, I have a chronic late problem. Anyway, it's it's a if I have a real flaw, let's be honest, it's, yeah. I'm late. I just I just <laughs> life is late for me. I'm sorry, guys. Like just facts. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Okay, but yeah, it's a, it's a far drive. I, I don't get home till usually eight thirty at night. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's a late. I mean, and that's then, I mean, by the time dudes, you calm down. And yeah. then you shower, and yeah. then you know you, you barely even have time. I will say part of it too is, I mean, driving in and driving out. Like it is kind of nice because I do detune a little bit, and I don't mm. deal with as much traffic as other people. But nice, st- and I get a little podcast time. You know, it's yeah. like it's kind of nice. But um, there is something to be said about a commute if you don't have traffic. Yeah, different. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, for but sure. But the eight-hour days. It's sounding better and better for me. I know. I like it. And so some of the clinicals that I was at, the lunch breaks were like one to two yeah. hours. I'm Luxury. Like, this is I crazy. Know. When you come from a place where you literally are begging for a half an hour. Yes. It's I know. like literally and you. Yep. Five minutes of it is getting your lunch out of the refrigerator and having yeah. to warm up your yeah, food. Yeah. And if you need to go down to the cafeteria. Walking to the cafeteria. Yeah. You're like, that's, that's half of my time off right there. Right. I mean, 30 right. minutes is nothing for your 
lunch when you're are you a cafeteria girl i am a lot of times i am I am a bring my food to work kind of girl, but so honestly, that it I think most of that started just from being in a routine. It's yeah. like you know I pack my lunch the night before. I even like set out my scrubs, my underwear, my socks, like everything that I need. I set out because those precious minutes, minutes in the morning I could be thing. sleeping. You yeah, know, I will so say the prep for me that in down. the morning is critical. Yeah. Because I literally am speeding out the door late every, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, lunch, well, okay, lunches I go through phases. I'm, like, such a phase person where, like, okay, we do, like, you know, a lot of salads from Trader Joe's, like, all that. You know, I, I'm big on just things that I can grab and go. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, I just feel like I've been behind on life, period. And I, I feel yeah. very fortunate that I have such a wonderful partner in life who helps keep me on track and part of that you know, whether it's meal prep or, you know, grocery shopping and like, you know, I mean, when you're in grad school, like you just can't function. Like, it's just like, there's certain things that you just, you don't have time for it. And like your brain is somewhere else all the time. Yeah. I always feel bad when I'm, at, I'm with friends now because I'm like, I have this assignment due. I have that. I have, you know, I'm still It's great that you like ambling. still have friends, by the way. Yeah. I don't even like, know. I- <laughs> Like, when this whole, like, social distancing thing happened a few months ago, I was um, finishing up grad school, and I'm like, wait, I'm already doing these things. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. already don't see people. I already don't go out. I already am stuck I'm at home. I'm already like, quarantine is fine. Yeah, I feel that. Like, you just, you yeah. don't have time. I don't have, it, I feel bad. I mean, it's actually was, good timing because a lot of my friends are actually having kids, and, like, they, their lives are so much more busy. It doesn't matter yeah. anyway. But I still feel like a bad friend sometimes. I'm like, but anyway. Well, and well, actually, no, let's talk about this because this is so real. And I talked about this a lot with my friends that I went to school with. You have to have a good partner when you go through this because I leaned a lot on Eric. Mm -hmm. He jokes that he has caregiver fatigue after my two (laughs) years of grad school because the amount of stress, the clinical hours, you know, the exams, it is a lot and it weighs on you and then you also are going to work oh and guess what like we also were planning a wedding we were also you know you still have to pay rent you're still the one cooking you have to do laundry yeah um which side note that was my favorite like little hack is that i found a place nearby where they would pick up our laundry take it wash it fold it and bring it back two days later. Holy smokes. I know. It was 50 bucks, but I was totally like, one that's time a time. month, that's I was just like, yeah. Yeah, but totally I, worth it. here's the thing. You got to be efficient, right? And it's like, yeah. I'm not a big believer in, you can't do everything. And to yeah. make your life more efficient and to work for you, like, you just have to do those. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. If you can afford it. And I yeah. totally get that some people well, can't, but. And, you get, know, I feel for the, I feel bad for the, you know, for the people out there who you're going through grad school and you don't have a partner, like, it's almost, sometimes that maybe it's like easier, different, different Yeah. Ways. You know, but I will say, I agree with you. Like, I feel like I feel very lucky that Jacob has been very understanding and mm-hmm. very supportive. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, Our partners you... need, like, a grad school, you know, <laughs> caregiver anonymous to go to to just be like, okay, so Natalie yeah. cried for the fifth time this week, yeah. and she's been a total B-I-T-C-H because yes. she's stressed. Yeah, it's and... stressed. I mean, it's a whole different <sighs> ball game when you're – yeah, your your mindset, your mind is at other places, yeah. your Especially priorities. Right with COVID happening. Yeah, and, that's a lot. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on, so – I think, like like you said, you need 
either your partner to lean on or you Family need somebody to go to. Or, yeah. You do need to take care of yourself. Care I'm yourself. glad you're getting back into like working out yeah, if that's what makes you important. feel good, putting mm-hmm. good things into your body, putting good things into our hearts and our minds. Like I got off Instagram for like half yeah. a semester, yeah. you know, because I was like, I can't be scrolling and yeah and i think I a lot to get of providers of yeah i would agree with that there are i my dynamic is changing a little bit where i do have to like step away just mentally period like social media for me is like it's a it's like it's a love hate let's just put it out there like it's it's something where i find a lot of inspiration and mm-hmm. i love it and i love putting out information and being a resource and then there's a lot of especially right now just with everything going on it's just it can be a negative nancy so i'm like i kind of have to you know putting things on hold and, and finding the priority. And my priority right now is to be a provider. And so school's coming first. I actually delete the app on days when I'm, because sometimes I'm like, I just need to like delete, just, right. just be off of it for a second and just like not have access to oh, it. Sure. And then I re-download uh, it like, you know, the next day. But it's just, it's yeah. just those kinds of things that you kind of. Give yourself a healthy boundary. Yeah. I had Eric change my password. I'm like, do not give it back to me until, <laughs> you know, finals are over or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, this yeah. was, this was pre, you know, Instagram influencer. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I didn't really, when no one I really cared, that. you know. Yeah. But. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. No, I think that that's like something healthy to do. And I think that finding ways to cope with stress is so important and we don't realize how stressed we get until you're like in it you know now that I'm out of it Eric is like oh my gosh you're back to yourself you know you're you're like happy and you don't have this like weight on you you know and I have a different you know kind of I'm in that weight right now girlfriend you are I get it I totally understand yeah it's it's tough yeah but you're gonna get through it you know like the only way out is through and it's gonna feel that much better that yeah you, it will you know be. put it's, the it's time in light at the end of the tunnel i'll be i just it, you to focus on that it's yeah. it's hard sometimes you know but it's good and it's i agree with yeah you. short-term sacrifice long-term gain what <laughs> is your best piece of advice for upcoming maybe nursing student but also maybe anybody like healthcare or just sort mm. of what's your best piece of piece my of best piece of advice let's see i would say don't be too hard on yourself and be humble about things yeah you know we're all learning we are all growing forgive yourself for not knowing information but having the i don't know like pride or the um self-awareness self-awareness to like ask for help when you need it you know and just be a constant be a constant student of life be a constant student in the hospital um ask questions be a sponge you know yeah talk to people ask them questions it's all just like we are all in this just like pool of learning and growing and you know kind of like riffing off of each other yeah i love that that. i love the riff yeah yeah and there's no kind of like we were saying like there's no right way to do things yeah i feel like maybe there's a wrong way to do stuff like if you're totally just like competitive you know and you try to push other people down to like bring yourself up yeah you know but I do wish at the beginning somebody maybe told me like nursing school and nursing just from like a nurse perspective is not what um, like a zero sum game, meaning my or like your success does not mean my failure. Right. You know, like if you kind of have that idea Mm -hmm. of that 
Tori can do great and I can do great. You yeah. know, like let's work together because healthcare is not just one person knowing all the answers. Healthcare is a bunch of people, you know, Working taking together. care of a person and collaborating. Yeah. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. What's your piece of advice? Oh, oh my gosh. Such a loaded question. I I know think... it's so hard. I feel like it's a little easier to ask the or answer the question if it's like specific. Oh no. I, know? I, it's just, it's let's do this. What's your piece of advice for somebody like me who is like an up and coming social media oh, I'm, i don't mean oh. to call myself up and coming yeah, but you, like, <laughs> you are though you're doing fabulous <laughs> like a new person to social media like yeah. what advice because you've given me advice like uh, off no, we've talked uh, off the radio, yeah, we've off, that. radio yeah. off podcast um i think my biggest thing honestly when i just get down to it is um being a positive light mm. i just think when you get down to it it doesn't matter what what your message is it doesn't matter to me i'm like i think there's there's room for so many people in social media um, I'm a big consumer of the Skinny Confidential. Mm. If you're not listening to this podcast, it's my favorite one, the Him and Her Show um, with Lauren and Michael. And she's a big believer in just erase the word saturated from your conversations. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, what space you're in. There is room for you. There is a lot of... I just think that being a positive light is the most important thing. Like, I just, I don't have room for the negativity. And I think regardless of who you are, where you're going in healthcare, um, if you're a mom, if you're not in healthcare and you're listening and you're just enjoying this, like, I just want to be a positive light to people. And I think that's something we just need to really, really, really focus on right now. Like, mm-hmm. being, what can you bring that's better? to whatever space you're in and to be a resource to people and you know just sticking to your sticking to your message and I don't know I think that no matter what you're doing like you'll find your way um but Mm -hmm. sticking to your voice find your voice and yeah that's really good advice yeah I love it and then find your like tribe yes I love the tribe that's the other thing too is I focus so much less on expanding. Like, I, I just, I don't want, like, expanding is far less to me as opposed to what I'm giving to my people. Mm-hmm. I love the girls. I mean, I, there's girls and guys. And my, my whole community is, f- I just fucking love you guys. <laughs> I can't say enough about it. Like, I just feel like we uh, just making this amazing space with these people and being able to like uh, uh, this is why I love social media and I'm so passionate about it because I feel like I've met so many amazing people I have um learned so much from different providers I have expanded my network I just feel really lucky and really focusing on making and developing those relationships with the people that are with me I love you guys and I think that's part of what makes it so fun you know is yeah is being able to have and build that community yeah you have a great community I think like you know the nurse uh the nurse Tori selfie show is just like such a great thing that you're doing I think people love you you're doing awesome top of the charts yeah thank you you know so many people are proud of you so many people are learning from this podcast you know i love listening to it um and i do think that i would have to tell all the nursing students listening to this or people who are going into nursing nursing is the nursing school is the worst part of nursing absolutely everybody will say that it's hard like you kind of just get through it and then 
you know, as you've seen on this podcast, so many different nurses yeah. and um, people Providers. coming on, you'll have so many different opportunities. There's yeah. so many great ways to um, take care of people. There's so many ways to influence people. There's ways to leave your mark in this world mm-hmm. as a nurse. And yeah. that's, I think, the coolest part of nursing, I know, you I know? I, so I, yeah, we're doing so it great. now, hopefully, and yeah. we will continue to do it as yeah. nurse practitioners. So yeah. Heck yeah, we're gonna have to follow up when you and I are on the other side. I I'm know. I'm really excited about it, can't I wait. Know. I know, I'm really excited. Thanks for having oh me today. Oh my God, thank you, Nat. Okay, so pimp yourself <laughs> out. Where can everybody find you? Currently, everyone can find me on Instagram. It's okay. at Natalie underscore PNP underscore so that's where I'm at and I actually am thinking about um, launching my blog very very soon I don't have it all you know up and running quite yet but it will be at nursenat.com so you'll be able to find you know all of the little tips and tricks on um, grad school PNP travel nursing nursing school you know all the things um and I'm really excited about that. So Yay. I hope, you know, this was helpful for Thank some you. new nurses and some travel nurses and people yeah, thinking about going to grad school. Totally. Like, that's a huge step. So yeah, it is hopefully talking it out with the two of us here <laughs> in this very long form interview, um, yeah. you know, maybe gave people some confidence that they can do grad school, too. Yeah, you can if do it, too. We can do it. Hey, if you I can, can do, do it, it <laughs> then you can do it. Trust me. Yeah. If we can do it during a pandemic, anybody can do it. Thank you. Now. Yeah. Thanks, girl. All right. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I truly value your time. And as always, I look forward to bringing you guys more selfie shows. So the past two episodes have been completely loaded with information. So I have linked all of Natalie's Instagram website and resources below. If you want to check out her website, www.nursenat.com, definitely head over to check out. She has just launched her website and it is phenomenal. So thank you so much, you guys. I love you all. In order, as always, to support the show, please head over to rate and review the show. We love hearing what you thought. We really love your feedback. And this week we sent out round two of our selfie swag. So this is how it's going to work from here on out. If you guys leave us a review and you leave your Insta handle for us, we will be sending over you guys some super cute stickers and a selfie badge reel featuring Selena with our selfie icon. Be sure to be following us on our Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtori.com. And be sure to check out those show notes below. We have lots of information about all of our guests and our sponsors. And thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I hope you have a great week. Catch you next time.